Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that lost its AAA podcasting license a long time ago, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Silenzio Bruno! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my Alberto, but I'm probably his Bruno. It's Andrew Ormsby, everybody! <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, each week we'll chat about TV, movies, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds, and please welcome back our guest this week. She's great at this humaning stuff. It's Alice! Welcome back! Good day. <laughs> Good day. Good day. Um, I am excited to get into a Pixar movie. It's Pixar Day. It's Pixar Day. Everybody celebrate. It's Pixar Day. Um, we, <laughs> we have a new Pixar movie that we're going to chat about uh, with you. I will say this to our video audience. And Phil, as you're producing the audio show, you can leave this in or take it out. It's completely up to you. But I am running the video show today, so thank you for your patience as I try to multitask and uh, and do a bunch of stuff at the same time. Like, for instance, uh, this should probably be up here with our... Oh, 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 let's <laughs> Almost. see. Almost. <laughs> G'day, there everybody. Go. My name's Alice, you know, from Australia. Wait, wait. Oh, there, today we're we going to be talking about Luca... At the same time, after that, we're going to be talking about the Hitman's uh, Wolf's Bodyguard. Sure that's, a, that's a hate crime. No. <laughs> that's, hey, you got to watch it. You got to watch it, Andrew. 
That's that's uh, mm. that's uh, Australian cultural uh, appropriation that you're doing right there. So you got to be careful. She said in the pre-show she'd be interested to hear. That's my true. Australian that's accent, true. She so. did. <laughs> Uh, we are excited to be uh, hanging out with you guys to talk a couple things. Now, uh, Alice is with us uh, because one of the reasons being uh, you spent some time in Italy. So uh, that is kind of your background in both of these movies take place in Italy. So uh, tell us a little bit about kind of your history uh, with being in Italy and all that stuff. Yeah, so I was born there. Uh, so that, that counts uh, as my, like, having yeah. been in Italy. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, so my whole family's from Italy. We're all fully Italian. Um, and then uh, when I was about seven, we moved to Australia because classic sort of thing. Dad got a job, moved me there, uh, or moved us all here, rather. Um, but I was born in Florence and then we yeah and that's where my mum's from that's where my dad's from my mum also has some sicily in her a little bit of bologna um so a little bit of all of italy but i can yeah we're full italians we speak italian all the time um and i mean i also speak english obviously hence why i'm speaking english right now (laughs) and (laughs) yeah so i have also what i will say because i'm proper italian i am very prejudiced whenever people try to be Italian mm. uh, in movies because, which I will mention later on, because there are so many times when people are supposed to be Italian and then they go and like speak Italian in movies and the accent is a hot mess. Uh, so they do the yeah. Super Mario. <laughs> it's a me. Uh, <laughs> well, look, that it was I called Mario many times in my childhood. Yes. Uh, <laughs> am <laughs> nice. I used to it? Yes. Can I say that that accent where it's like, it's a me, oh, yes, mamma mia, blah, blah, blah. That's a Sicilian accent. That ain't mm. the rest of us. <laughs> so keep mm. that nice. in mind. That would be like somebody doing so, an American accent and like doing like a deep south, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And it's like, that's, that's yeah. not all of us. But yeah, that's exactly that's, a, that's regional. I mean, it's me. But that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like whenever you're with your family and stuff, is the preferred language Italian? Like if it's just everybody hanging around or... Well, um, it's kind of like a, a mix. So, like, one of mm-hmm. us will be in English, the other one will be in Italian, and then we'll switch, and then we'll switch back. Um, yeah, it's it's just kind of like whatever we're feeling at the time, because we've been in Australia for so long, like, it's never just fully Italian or fully English. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. But uh, the way I learned English was by watching movies with subtitles. So, I used to just, like, sit and watch, like, Bewitched, and then we'd put English subtitles on. Um, and then I'd be able to, that's how Aww. my mom and I learnt English, um, you, and through reading Harry Potter, which my mom would like translate above the, above the lines. And then we'd be able to understand what was going on. It's, uh, it's you, you and, uh, Wanda Maximoff. You both, uh, yeah. you know, kind of learned about English the same way. That's really sweet. One day you I'll know have what? a nervous breakdown actually... and pull everyone in. It's just, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just a matter of time. <laughs> that's actually not that uncommon of a story I'm finding out of people learning English as their second language via the entertainment industry, you know, like watching TV and movies and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and like turning on subtitles and like that is kind of a gateway. They don't obviously it's not the way to fully learn a language, but, you know, it's an interesting way that I'm surprised a lot of people is their introduction into English. Sure. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I, you know, despite having, uh, you know, watched 
uh, Luca, you know, I, I still don't really know Italian, so I don't know why it's taking me so long, but, um, but, uh, hey, that's, that's less of an excuse than my partner who I've been with now for four years and still has maybe five words down his belt. <laughs> so like, I'm just saying you're still on top of him. Okay, so. good, good, good. Uh, all right. Speaking of Luca, uh, we're going to review that. We're also going to review the Hitman's Wife Bodyguard, which also takes place uh, in Italy for the majority of the time. And then, in honor go. of both of them, we're going to do best ever movie set in Italy. Um, so we'll take that on for our best ever challenge. And of course, we'll do some uh, buried treasure as well. Uh, but let's kick it off by talking about Luca. We do not go. Anywhere near the surface. Got it? Everything good is above the surface. Walking. Air. <gasps> the sky. Clouds. The sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. Have you ever gone to the human town? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. A coming-of-age story about one boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, Alberto. But all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. They are sea monsters from another world just below the water's surface. Um, Luca! Pixar! Guys, it's a Pixar movie! Um, What? Yeah, I like those usually. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, this <laughs> is the most underrated <laughs> statement. I like those movies. Yeah, a little bit usually. of an understatement. A little bit of an understatement. Yeah. Uh, I should mention Jacob Tremblay uh, uh, voices Luca and Jack Dylan Grazer voices Alberto. Um, and then Maya, Rod- Maya Rudolph and Jim, uh, Jim Gaffigan in as the parents uh, on this one. Um, and yeah, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Alice, you get to go first. What did you think? Well, I watched it last night, so mm-hmm. there is some recency bias, but I think I'm in the loved it, just firmly in the loved it. Andrew, what do you got? I'm going to go with liked it, close to really liked it, but just for now liked it i am on the low side of loved it um as is the case with most pixar movies uh it's going to be in the loved it somewhere um but yeah this one's on the low side of loved it i I, you know i'm trying to think i think a lot of it has to do probably with this is a little bit of a different kind of a a movie that pixar is doing here and i think it kind of takes some getting used to uh as you're watching it um alice you seem to like it the most out of all of us so why don't you start with some of your observations kind of watching this movie yeah well immediately i was going to say that i feel like the animation style first of all is completely different to anything mm-hmm. that pixar's done before like it's a different style but it yeah. also is very unique i i could immediately tell that this was the same guy that did the la luna pixar short right right because it yes. was it was very similar in the style in the tone in the atmosphere but i like after getting used to it i think i kind of loved it and it was and Adding to that, the amount of detail that went into the sound design of this movie was just like whenever they're underwater, it's I, I don't know if you guys also noticed, but their their dialogue's like a little bit muffled. And then when they're above water, it's clear because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, obviously audio works differently underwater. And right. then when you have the like, you know, the birds and the waves and the wind, I was just like, oh, I want 
to be there, you know, like <laughs> it was just everything about it. I was just loving, I was just loving the world and the way that it was presented mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, do you have any opening thoughts kind of on uh, Luca? Yeah. Uh, our main protagonist, Luca, is somebody that I could have seen being me as a child, you know, just from a different world. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who is scared to take risks and, you know, uh, really find out what's exciting in life and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just playing it safe, you know. But as the movie progresses, it it kind of was like, oh, man, he is, you know, obviously, you know, metaphorically, there's, you can find a lot of similarities, but <laughs> I, I believe it or not, I did not grow up as a sea monster. <laughs> um, I was going to say, Andrew, do you have something you want to tell us? <laughs> yes. I am scared of the ocean. I'll just say that. So <laughs> scared to death of the ocean. But, you know, it's it's a fascinating story placed in a very unique environment. And that's, you know, on not even on top of the beautiful Italian uh, old... I don't know if they specifically say, like, what year this takes place in. Like, what mm. time era? I don't think Do so. They? I don't think so. Kind of leave no, it open. I just assumed it was like fifties, the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for too. Uh, maybe it was just you know a small you know coastal village that was forgotten in time. You know, <laughs> for all I know. Mm-hmm. But um, as they move around this town, it just you want to know more. And I think in this, I I don't mean to trudge into a negative immediately, but I wanted to know more about the sea life as opposed mm. to the small Italian village life. Mm. But mm. I found, I found the small village gorgeous and I, I loved everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I share many of those thoughts. I think where I will transition us into is probably my favorite thing about the movie is not a surprise guys, but is the themes, the message. There's <laughs> this, this beautiful metaphor um, I'm just gonna say a coming out metaphor. Um, and mm. as as with many of like the X-Men movies, those kind of things kind of plays in the same area where there's a there's a secret, it's hidden, you're afraid if you let people know about it that they're going to judge you, look at you differently, think you're strange, think you're weird. Um, and and there's just it's really specifically beautiful in a lot of the ways it it handles that there's a lot of the um you know i don't want to give away the way this movie uh you know ends or kind of resolves what it's doing but i just i found it really meaningful and Mm. um and of course pixar is great at that like they they really do think through their stories in kind of uh what they what they mean and kind of what they feel like and and i don't think I don't even think this is one where people would accuse me of stretching to see this. I, I really think it's it's um, you know forgive the pun um, you know it's it's not as under the surface as you know some other metaphors might be. You know this one this one is is you know right there uh, to see. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, I, I I really really appreciated that part of the the film and kind of what it was doing and just the way to say. When you when you feel like you have to hide a part of yourself, it really can impact the way you interact in the world, the way you build friendships, have relationships, the way you understand the people around you. And we should all strive to be the kind of people that would never want someone to hide part of who they are from us. And that's, you know, I just found that really beautiful. I found that really beautiful and, and really affecting. 
So yeah. yeah. And and actually I um read after the movie that um the story is based around a real friendship that the director had as a child. Oh nice. So I mean I assume that he's not a sea monster as well, but um <laughs> like the the friend's name Alberto was the name of his friend's name mm-hmm. um and then he just called the main character Luca because he thought it might have been a bit much to call it his first name. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, that was just I I could tell, like I could tell that these were experiences that had been lived. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, all these different elements because as someone you know obviously who's been in Italy a lot um there are so many different details throughout the town that I can immediately recognize as those are things that are in all throughout all of Italy like the way that the um like kind of uh, I don't know how you call it, the plaques throughout with the little mm-hmm. images and the way that the food is like all the food carts, um, the etching on the walls and the elements of the town. Like um, it's just honestly brought me back. Like I was just, you can tell that there was a lot of love and a lot of care mm-hmm. that went into the assembly of this world. And yeah, I just, so I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what are the thoughts you got? Feel free to take us in whatever direction you want. Yeah, uh, that was actually a really good segue with the uh, Alberto character because I think that the Alberto friendship is probably one of the most fascinating and thought-provoking parts of the entire movie Um, to the point where I was having theories in my head about what who this character was because there's Mm. a lot of mystery surrounding Alberto Berto. And not to get into spoilers or anything, because it's not a spoiler, but I had some like Tyler Durden questions in my head. I'm like, <laughs> sure, is this really? Sure. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like, is he really, you know, there? And, you know, stuff like that. And uh, it, it got to the point where, you know, those those issues were, you know, re- like those questions were resolved. But it, for a while, I was like, you know, is this really just his inner self? And maybe that's kind of what the movie is you know, saying in a way, even though he's a, a, you know, a a real person, but he can also represent the, the inner questions that Luca is going through and the desire to explore and, you know, be spontaneous and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that, uh, they could have, you know, no, I take that back. (laughs) I think that they, they handled that character well enough to where it's just that, (laughs) Maybe it's the fact that I, I like the characters' relationships so much that I just wanted more. Like mm. it's, I, I don't even know if we've said this. Like it's, it's only an hour and a half movie. Like yeah, mm-hmm. that which is surprisingly short for what Pixar has been doing lately. Yeah, what mm. what everybody so. has been doing lately. It seems like every movie we review is two two hours and fifteen minutes long these days. Just seems like kind mm. of yeah. the accepted thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of nice. It was uh, a nice, quick, breezy story, uh, yet fully realized. I, I didn't feel like they short, you know, cited any of the characters or the environment. Um, it just was. It was kind of a story that knew where it was going, and it just it went there, and mm. um, and that's that's appreciated. I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, if I'm going to slip into any kind of negatives, uh, I already mm-hmm. mentioned there's a little bit of a a hurdle because this is so different than what we're used to from Pixar. Uh, and I don't just mean that animation wise, uh, the, the way this movie feels, it feels different, uh, than most Pixar movies. Um, in you know what the characters are doing. 
uh, that is not a bad thing. And so what mm. I'm trying to do is wrestle through, you know, different, different is bad to, you know, oh, I need to kind of give myself more time to, you know, uh, to uh, absorb what's going. It's almost like Shakespeare. You know, when you watch Shakespeare, it's like it takes the first 30 minutes before you're like, oh, OK, these people are actually speaking English. There's um, an acclimation <laughs> period. Yeah, yeah. There's, there was there was a little bit of an acclimation period for me in this movie. And so I I only say that to acknowledge that that is not the movie's fault. That is not a, a something wrong with the movie. But it did impact kind of my distraction level or my ability to kind of, you know, sink into the world. Um, mm. the, the other thing that did that, and again, movies have the freedom to do these kind of things and just for us to suspend our disbelief. But the way this movie handled the water, in water to out of water transition was so inconsistent and <laughs> so mind boggling that it did distract me. And if you want me to suspend my disbelief, that's fine. But try to make it a little less, um, a, a little less contradictory. You know, they're just, they're, mm. when, when the movie Convenient. needs them to have to be dry, they have, they all of a sudden have to be dry. But then other times they just jump out of the, the water and all of a sudden they're dry. You know what I mean? Like the movie is very inconsistent yeah. about the rules of its world. And that's going to distract me. So that that's probably my... <laughs> my main negative even though it's not you know really a huge one so yeah, yeah. yeah. and i mean it, it takes longer than just like wiping your face to be dry you right. know like yeah. yeah they don't use like a towel or anything they just kind of like hit themselves on the face a little bit and they're dry and i'm just right. like i well, know i know from from experience that it requires <laughs> more than that to be dry and sometimes in yeah. sometimes in the movie it requires more of them than that to be dry you know they're like yeah. i just I, you could even just take two very specific examples when mm -hmm. they are trying not to get found out and they're in a boat and they get splashed they you know all of a sudden they have to be under a towel for three minutes before they can <laughs> show themselves but when they're in the water just leaping out of the water they're you know completely dry yeah. the second they leap, leap out of water mm -hmm. like it's just that inconsistent and again yeah. it doesn't ruin the movie but it just it, you know i can only suspend my disbelief so much and i get distracted and i'm sorry it's my fault pixar yeah. <laughs> i got a question for you guys yeah did this movie make you hungry oh <sighs> i wanted the pasta yeah like, yeah yeah whenever her don one-armed don fry look like dad <laughs> Would ever when, would make that pasta and put it down. I'm like, oh, I want that pasta so bad. Yeah, yeah. Which I actually Which, found interesting because I was waiting for the pizza. You know what I mean? Like every Italian movie ever has a moment mm -hmm. with pizza because that's yeah. what we are. Yeah. We are completely just people made up of pizza and pasta. But for <laughs> once, they went down the not even like spaghetti and meatballs. Which, by the way, is a New York thing. It's not an Italian mm -hmm. thing. Just want yeah. to put that out there. Um, they went like down a pesto and like a yeah. different kind of pasta direction, which I really appreciated. Yeah. A seafood pasta. Mm, which yeah. looked so yeah. good. It really did. <laughs> the whole yeah, movie really, looks really great. Did. The movie is just <laughs> yeah. gorgeous. You know, it, it really is beautiful. Even as the animation is a little bit uh, more rounded, a little bit more uh, almost claymation. It almost has a little bit more of a claymation yeah. look to it. Um, but it's still beautiful. The scenery's gorgeous. Yeah. The water's gorgeous. Um, yeah, it it made me want to be uh, to go to Italy. I've never been. I would be excited to yeah. to check out those it's views. Pretty good. Yeah, can never recommend. been to Europe. Yeah, well, can recommend. Um, <laughs> one negative I have, which is kind of my main one, and again, it's not like 
huge. Like in terms of normal movies, right? Like this is just on a Pixar level. Mm-hmm. So I will say that every time they speak Italian, it's accurate, which is very rare. Um, the accents most of the time are accurate. Like in terms of when they actually say the words in Italian, Mm -hmm. you can tell that most of the actors that were cast are Italian in some way, shape or form. However, the thing that annoyed me was the fact that, well, at first I was a bit mm, about the fact that everyone on land had an accent and then everyone below the land, while they have Italian names and, you know, clearly a part of that world, they all had American accents. But I was like, that's fine. Maybe it's just like a separation of worlds sort of thing, right? But then their friend, the female friend, uh, Julia, her accent's American, but she's grown up above the surface because she's human. Mm -hmm. She's been above Mm. the surface the whole time. So why, and her dad has an Italian accent. Everyone around her has an Italian accent. Why does she have an American accent? So that really annoyed me because I was just like, why can't everyone just have an Italian accent? Or like, Mm. I'd be fine if just the sea monsters had the American, but her having an American accent was really like distracting for me. Sure. Yeah, I get that. But why? Because she was Italian because she kept like throwing in random words throughout her language. But it was just like, they didn't want to go that extra step. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. even was... the cat's accent was Italian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love the cat. So oh man, the cat, the cat looking like the dad is like the funniest thing. I l- have, have we even mentioned how funny this? No, movie we haven't. Is? We should. No. we should. Yeah, yeah. This is a funny, funny movie. I there were plenty of laughs I had in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll throw out my my big negative, and it's really what's keeping me from loving the movie. Is this movie, like Aaron says, does such a great job with its themes and metaphors along, you know, like coming out or holding a secret within that you're scared of how everybody will react. I think that the ending of this movie ties to quick of a bow mm. on mm. you know how the uh how yeah, everything is saying. resolved i'm like oh really that that quickly okay yeah it was kind of jarring and it kind of i don't want to ruined isn't the right word but i think it kind of it rushed and it was a missed opportunity i guess you could say for mm. how things you know like okay we yeah this is how it could happen but i i, I would have appreciated a more real world you know reaction to mm. these revelations i'm really trying to dance around <laughs> you know the, no, the I, ending of this movie but hopefully people who have seen the movie will understand what i'm saying i i do understand what you're saying um i think this this is this is not that movie like you know what i mean like this is this movie was always going to end that way like i can't i can't see the version of this movie that is more nuanced with with its resolution because i think this movie is like we said very like with its story it's very straightforward it's very you know here's the secret here's the bully here's the competition yay we win or whatever happens at the end you know what i mean like there's you know it's it's yeah. a very um it's almost uh allegorical in that way you know there's, it's almost like a um like an allegory that somebody would tell you know where the story is set to teach a lesson even more than it is to reflect real life um mm. so so yeah i that i would give for me personally i would give it a little bit of grace for that but i do understand what you're saying and i think you are right the bows are tied very pretty and very tightly uh, at the end, and I just, I just think this was always going to be a bow kind of a movie. Um, yeah, is yeah. my sense. Yeah, 
I will also say, I feel like I know what you're talking about specifically. And I remember watching that and being like, that's, that's how uh, Italians would act, you know? Like, oh, interesting. Yeah, like that's kind of a very Italian way of, of having that attitude where it's just, um, but I, I, I don't, again, I don't want to go into too much detail, but, um, yeah, like I, I just, it, it is kind of accurate based on the personalities of communities like that is what I'll say. Okay. Based on my experience. Interesting. Nice. So, yeah, I guess I am coming at it from an American where our second language is confrontation. So <laughs> it's, it's a fair point. That is a fair point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anybody have one last thing? Anything else you guys want to talk about before we kind of move on uh, with the show? For Luca, uh, final thoughts. There is a post-credit scene. Yep. Yes, there is. Indeed. Um, one thing I'll say is that so the, the villain, if you will, uh, yeah. looked... So <laughs> the I was a bit distracted throughout the whole movie because the villain, the way they designed him, looks exactly like the fiancé of one of the friends I was watching it with. And so, especially in the profile. And hmm. so we were just like, oh my God, it's Lawrence. And then, and then we would, we, the whole time we'd be like, Lawrence, why are you being so bad? Like, it was just a bit distracting. So that was a fun sort of thing. Like, um, and then we texted him that and he goes, that's racist. So, <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. And then he said, I, it's the nose, isn't it? <laughs> it was. And I thought hair. that the, I thought that the bully looked a lot like a younger version of the teacher in Incredibles, the one who's like coincidence, I think oh. not. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, with the mustache that hasn't fully grown in yet or anything like that. Yeah, he, he hasn't balded yet, but it looks ex- exactly like him. I was going to mm-hmm. say it could be the the same person, but Incredibles is also kind of set in that same era, actually, right? Like kind of that same. Yeah, like, it has neo- that fifties yeah. golden age of comics kind of you yeah. know vibe to it. It's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's his dad. Yeah. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, my one final thing, my one last thing uh, would be if you have not seen La Luna, uh, the Pixar short La Luna, seek it out. It's on Disney Plus. All the Pixar shorts are on Disney Plus. Um, check out La Luna. It is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Pixar shorts. Uh, it's very beautifully realized and told. And yeah, you'll get it, especially if you loved the style of Luca. Um, as Alice mentioned, it's very, very similar. So La Luna. La Luna. Mm-hmm is the name of the show. I will check it out. La Luna. And pay attention to how the tools they use match their appearance. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just one of my favorite things about that short. Uh, all right. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, yes. Let's talk about the Hitman Wife's bodyguard. Michael Bryce was trying to put his past behind him. You need to forget bodyguarding. Repeat after me. No bodyguarding. No. Bodyguarding. Then he got pulled back in. Let go! Jesus! To protect this homicidal nutbag's wife. What is he doing here? I said, can anyone but Michael Bryce? I believe it's pronounced, thank you. The world's most lethal odd couple, bodyguard Michael Bryce and hitman Darius Kincaid, are back on another life-threatening mission. Still unlicensed and unlicensed and under scrutiny, Bryce is forced into action by Darius's even more volatile wife, the infamous international con artist Sonia Kincaid. 
Uh, Hitman's wife's bodyguard, Salma Hayek's back as Sonia Kincaid. Ryan Reynolds, of course, as Michael Bryson. Samuel L. Jackson as Darius Kincaid. And we add Antonio Banderas uh, into this story as the big villain and uh, several other people showing up as well, including those that I will not spoil for you. There are some some fun little uh, fun little casting moments uh, in this. I always find it interesting because it's easily Googleable. If you Google the cast of the movie, you're going <laughs> to see. And they're it. on the they're on the cover art too. So are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah, they're in a well, couple of trailers. The- why is the why is the movie like this? Why does the movie play it like that? I don't understand. For don't people understand like you, Aaron, who didn't doing. Know. Exactly. But why are they ruining that experience for everybody else? Uh, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it. Anyway, sorry. A little bit of spoiler frustration. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Yeah. There's somebody in this movie that I thought it was really fun the way they were revealed. But apparently they're on the poster and in the trailer as well. <laughs> Not on this poster, though. Not on the one we're using on our show. Uh, Anyhow, uh, what did you guys think of Hitman Wife's body? Hitman's Wife's bodyguard, uh, Andrew, first. Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. High side of okay. High side of okay. Alice, what do you think? So when I started watching this movie, I was ready to really like it. And then as I was watching it, I went down and liked it. And then it continued. And I went down to it's okay and i think i've landed on bordering didn't like it and <laughs> low side of it's okay boy did i have a similar experience to that um yeah i'm gonna go in the high side of didn't like it uh I, I i didn't like this movie um yeah so i don't get to start um i think andrew actually gets to start because he liked it the most yeah. uh, tell us some good things man what did you like it's interesting because with the first movie, Hitman's Bodyguard, is that I thought that the chemistry between Ryan and Sam was like the thing that stole the movie. You know, it was just mm-hmm. really funny. In this movie, I think the best part of this movie is Salma Hayek. I think she's hilarious in this movie with okay. how crazy she is because it was, I guess, fresh, you know, to see her being just wanting to be like pretending to be normal and everything that she does, she thinks is what a normal person would do, but is totally insane. I think that that's because I think with Sam Jackson's character, he knows, you know, what he does is messed up, you know, and Ryan Reynolds is just trying to, you know, survive with these two. But mm-hmm. I think that Selma Hike was the most interesting person on the screen. Yeah. I think that she stole the movie. That's an interesting take. I, I didn't have that same feeling. However, when you're talking about it, I kind of agree with you. I think there is, I think that's what the movie's trying to do. They're trying to put her a little more, I mean, obviously in the poster we're looking at, she's front and center. Uh, you know, they're trying to foreground her in this movie so that it feels fresh from the first movie. I do think that's an intentional uh, thing they're doing. And she is good. And just the fact that she fits in that triangle well, I think is success. Like, you know, because. Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson, you're right, are so good together, both in the first one and in this one, Mm. that that's not a guarantee that because she was just kind of a a side part of that first movie. Um, And so you do run the risk of when you uh, when you put her forward like that, you do run the risk of, you know, um, of it not working. But I I think for the most part, it still works. I think the three of them still are really good together. Um, it's mm. probably one of my favorite parts of the movie is that chemistry can continues to be from the first one uh, as well. Yeah. 
What about you, Alice? What are some of your thoughts? Um, well, I, I will say, like, I understand kind of where you guys are coming from with Salma. It definitely feels like she's having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's just kind of gone insane and they're kind of letting her. I is I don't know why. I kind of felt like Sa- Samuel, Samuel, uh, <laughs> Samuel Jackson um, phoned it in a little bit in this movie. But then Ryan Reynolds, like, he's still trying. Like, you can mm-hmm. see it with every... He's holding the whole movie on his shoulders, which I will say, again, I have some bias towards Ryan Reynolds because uh, he's my soulmate. So... <laughs> sure. Like, it's going to happen. We, I totally get it. He might yeah, be mine as well. I don't know. You know? <laughs> well, Antonio Banderas is mine. So. Well, there you oh, go. Okay. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but he, because we're born on the same day. And oh, so there's nice. a lot of elements. Yeah, it's just a, mm. my partner and Blake Lively understand that it's just a matter of time. Um, but besides <laughs> that, like, he's always just so charismatic and he's, he's just, like, always doing such a great job. But oh, there's just, is, is it too early to go into negatives? Hey, if you need I have, to do it, go for it. Okay, first of all, as someone who's Italian, let me let you in on a little secret. Saying that Florence and Tuscany are different places is like saying that Los Angeles and California are different places, right? Because <laughs> Florence is the, is the capital of Tuscany. Uh-huh. Tuscany's a region. They're not different places. <laughs> so that whole bit in the movie, I was just like wanting to... Scr- I was at a cinema, so I couldn't do that. But I wanted uh-huh. to scream at the screen because... I'm just like, that's some basic research. That That yeah. is a two seconds on Google thing mm-hmm. that they didn't do. Right. So I had to get that out of the way. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Besides that, um, I will say with Salma Hayek, Hayek's character, like, I, I can tell that she's having fun, but I almost, I don't know, for me, just got a bit too much at times. Like, it felt like her entire character could be summed up with swearing, boobs, and wanting to be a mum. Like, mm-hmm. that's her character in a nutshell. And... It just felt like that at times when they didn't quite have a joke for her to land on, she just started swearing a lot. And I was just kind of like, oh, gosh. All right. Next, please. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was that was one of that was my thoughts towards her in particular. Yeah. I I think, though, that is this movie, though. Right. Like that Mm. is this movie is, you know, I, I always go back to, you know, not trying to hold a movie accountable for something it's not trying to do. And this movie is not trying to contend for Oscars, right? Like this movie is trying to make you laugh, trying to show you, you know, show you some things you haven't seen before. Um, and it's trying to be over the top. Um, that doesn't mean your criticism isn't valid. It just means I understand what the movie is trying to do with that character. Um, I think, uh, in that way. Um, yeah, I, I totally, I, you know, for me, the negatives probably revolve much more around the fact that everything going on here in the story feels like nonsense to me. Uh, it just, it all yeah. feels like an excuse just to have the three of them say funny lines, which it probably is. And again, you know, mm-hmm. but I, but for me, come on, at least find some semblance of legitimate, you know, story structure that's going to feel you know, secure all the Antonio Banderas stuff felt forced to me. Oh, if, uh, yeah. Can we talk wise, about so. how Antonio Banderas needs to stop being cast as <laughs> as somebody from a country he's not? Like in Thirteenth <laughs> Warrior, he's supposed 
he's supposed to be Arabic in 13th Warrior, and in here he's supposed to be Greek. And I'm like, why? He has one of the most distinct accents of any actor ever. You can't pass him off as somebody. Yeah. That, okay, so you know, the entire movie, I was waiting for it to be... I genuinely thought, and I can say this because it's not what happened, so it's not a spoiler... I genuinely thought it was going to be a whole thing where like Antonio Banderas had been a kid in Spain and had been abandoned in Greece. And then like him and Salma were like siblings or something. And then they got separated because they both have quite distinct Spanish accents. Mm -hmm. And then I thought that was going to be like a whole thing. Cause I'm like, he's clearly not Greek, right? Like everything about him screams like Mm -hmm. Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not crazy, but then it didn't happen. He was just meant to be Greek. And I'm just there like, no, come, no, come (laughs) on. No, sorry. Not allowed. You can do better. Try again. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think that the writers of this movie, understood what tungsten carbide is <laughs> i don't okay. think that they i mean i know that's a very specific thing but i could cut tungsten carbide <laughs> with stuff in my garage <laughs> i just want to get that out there because like as they were saying i'm like uh, mm, uh, it's not magic it's 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 a hard yeah. metal but yeah you know it's so you know mm. it's stuff like that uh, it, it, this is something that carries over from the first movie, and it was one of the detriments of the first movie. Don't get me wrong, I like the first movie. But their their lack of, uh, you know, fleshing out the villain mm-hmm. in the first movie carries over into this sure one does. because they're so interested in playing the hits of Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson together. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so interested in that that they kind of just hem-haw what mm-hmm. the villain is trying to do to where I'm like... Yeah, they're really going about this in a very overcomplicated way, mm-hmm. which, you know, at the end of the day, that's what the movie has to be about. It has to be about them coming together to stop something. And if you can't buy into what the villain's trying to do, then it it's it kind of dilutes the movie, I guess you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will also say, as much as I loved the uh, what was to me surprise cameo uh, in this <laughs> in this movie, as as much as I enjoyed the way it was presented, that whole plot line is dumb. Like it makes like it is trying to play on something that has like depth to it, and just it is a sh- like it's just so shallow and so ridiculous and so it doesn't make any sense. Um, the the way that that character handles some of the choices they make early, then you find out something about them, and then all of a sudden, it's just like you know, the, it's I I just that for as much as I enjoyed seeing that person in this movie, um, I really didn't like that character. Maybe my least favorite character in the movie. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you could almost sum that up. The whole movie could be summed up with that was dumb. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, like I think and honestly, the more I thought about it, because I really liked the first movie. Like I had such a good time watching the first movie. And mm-hmm. the thing that's missing, first of all, is I think what you were saying, Andrew, in that the villain's whole motivation, all of that makes zero sense. Right. And then in the sec, in um, what else else it's missing that the first movie had was the storyline made sense. Like the plot, how they got from, you know, Ryan Reynolds meeting Samuel Jackson to them, him having to be the bodyguard to like where, where they needed to go. 
it had a clear sort of through line while this was just honestly it just kind of at times felt like an epic like epic movie you know what i mean like so mm-hmm. much of it just felt like a scary movie where it has just been thrown together based on what was happening on set that day none of the motivations made sense and can i also just like say low key the title doesn't really make sense like <laughs> when you actually consider the plot of the movie mm-hmm. So it just seems that not a lot of thought was put into the whole thing, including post-production, because it has some of the worst ADRing and sound mixing I've seen in a long time. And yeah. it really bothered me throughout the whole <laughs> film. So, yeah. Uh, I will. I'm going to I'm going to rewind my comments just a little bit uh, mm. because I am trying to stop saying dumb and start saying <laughs> silly um, okay. because because there is like. Just because you do something that is silly doesn't mean you don't do it with intelligence. And I'm not saying this mm. movie is smart. I'm just saying if they're <laughs> if if you're being silly on purpose, that can be, uh, you know. So I I don't want to uh you know mm. um uh you know rip on the movie for its intelligence. What I want to do is say it is not it is not being a serious attempt at something. It is being very mm. very silly. Um, which, you know, yeah. can be okay. And in fact, the silliness of the first one is part of the thing that a lot of us enjoyed about it. Um, let's kind of, uh, head in list. I mean, do you guys have any other big things you want to talk about before we head to our kind of one more thing? Mm. My one more thing is this, I, this is how I would say it. Um, the Hitman's bodyguard, the original movie was probably about a C plus that was made into a B plus because of Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson's chemistry and comedy. This movie is probably a D minus that's made into a C minus because of Mm. their, (laughs) the chemistry of these people. So I think just the, the starting, neither of them were great movies to begin with, but they do have this, this wonderful cast that is really fun together. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, this one just started, I think from a, a much harder, more difficult place and, uh, and just doesn't, doesn't, kind of clear those hurdles so for me it's crazy how much chemistry can impact your enjoyment of a movie mm-hmm. sure you know like I'm, I'm thinking of great or movies that probably wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't for the cast like do you think star trek the new ones would have been good if it wasn't for the, how good the chemistry was between that entire cast it's hard know? to say right because the casting it's, in that movie is yeah. so perfect yeah mm. yeah and I think it is here too, besides Antonio Banderas. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think my one last thing is there is a mid credit scene and there is a, like a super quick little post credit thing that actually got a good chuckle out of me. Mm. So, okay. There you go. Yeah. My, I guess my one more thing is like, I've said a lot of stuff about that I didn't like about the movie, but I didn't not enjoy it. You know, there were some moments where I genuinely had some proper laughs come out of me. Um, I'm thinking particular, there's a moment with a laundry bin and uh, that gets pushed over and that I actually just like laughed out loud. Um, so I didn't not enjoy it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the chemistry, but I think it's, you have to know what kind of movie you're going in for. And it's, it's, it's silly. It's yeah. very silly. Very, very silly. Um, I would pref- I would say the first one's way better, but if you have to watch oh, yeah. this, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, listen, Ryan Reynolds can uh, make anything fun to watch. Like, he's just, he's, I just, his delivery, since I fell in love with the man in Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place, I have I have been a, you know, Ryan Reynolds fan and will watch anything. What about Origins Wolverine? 
Uh, he's yeah, one of the best parts of that movie. He he is so handcuffed in that movie, and he still finds a way to be one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. And if he doesn't find a good way to be a good part in that movie, he'll make another movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. He'll redeem it with another movie. So That's right. Yeah. He'll redo it and make it yeah. better. Yeah. And uh, use it as, you know, yes. gags. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's talk about Patreon. Thank you to our Sif Pop members. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, we have a bonus show that we have recorded for you. It is in your Sif Pop member podcast feed. Uh, by the way, that podcast feed includes all the main episodes with no ads, as well as all the bonus episodes. Um, and that's $5 a month over at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. And it keeps this thing going. So thank you for doing that. Uh, the one we recorded this week uh, was about our kind of uh, our Pixar rankings. We talked about with Luca in mind kind of um, where things are falling for us right now as far as the 24 Pixar movies. 24. You, if you could somehow watch each Pixar movie within an hour, you would get them into a day. But, uh, but you can't. Uh, I mean, I suppose you probably could. Anyhow, go to patreon.com slash Uh if you are interested in checking all that stuff out. Lots of different perks, different levels. And uh, thank you. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We are doing best ever Italy movies. Movies that are set for the most part in Italy. Um... I don't think I stretched this too much with any of my choices. Most of these are truly set in Italy. We'll go number five to number one. Um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off this time? What's your number five movie set in Italy? Uh, Let's see when this one came out. Okay, this is a 2017 movie, and I might get trumped for all I know. I'm going to go with Call Me By Your Name. Not trumped by me. Nope. All right. Um... For a movie that I was convinced was going to be a Hallmark movie, just going solely <laughs> off, you know, the premise of it, you know. It's I was, not a Hallmark movie. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not a Hallmark movie. But, you know, you hear the premise, you're like, okay, yeah, I could see this on the Hallmark network or something like that. This movie is so good. Uh, the performances by uh, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet are amazing. The, the chemistry slash antithesis 
initially between the two of them is really good. The Sufjan Stevens score for this movie and the soundtrack is so good. And I think out of a lot of the movies you're going to hear on my list, I think that this one is the most, like, makes me want to explore, you know, Italy. And when I say Italy, I don't mean, like, Rome or any of the big, you know, major cities. It's, like, it's so comfortable, I guess you could say, with the the little cities they go to, just quiet and cozy and comfortable. And, yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. Nice. Uh, I, I have complicated feelings on this movie. Uh, now even more complicated with whatever's going yeah. on with Army Hammer. I have no idea. No comment, because I really don't know. But, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's there's just a tasty boy. There's a there is a uh, there's a little bit of I don't know I this I just, let's just say my feelings are complicated. My feelings are complicated on this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, number five for you, Alice. What do you got? I have the seminal classic that is <laughs> the Lizzie McGuire movie. Nice. That movie is a, so important to pe- girls my age, boys my age, anyone my age, because the quotes that have come out of that movie, the fa- I could po- probably tell you every single second be- because of the amount of times I watched it. Um, you know, there's quotes like, sing to me, Paolo, that everyone says. And <laughs> I just, the reason this is so good is, first of all, obviously you have the Lizzie McGuire show that, mm-hmm. you know, was so successful. People still watch it today. They almost did the remake, but damn you, Disney, you had to go and ruin it. But, um, you know, like it was so important. I think I've watched it four or five times throughout my life. And then the movie, you know, I know they did it a few times where they took a show and then made a movie. But this was one of the movies that was actually a, it made sense. It was a great continuation of the story. The characters were all there. Um, and it was just a really nice sort of like coming of age, like comedy of errors sort of mm-hmm. thing. Plus it was set in Italy. Now this, however, I will say this is one of those movies where the people who are supposed to be Italian, when they speak Italian, like Paolo, it is some of the most horrendous speaking of my language <laughs> that I've ever heard where I'm like, that is an American boy who might like have Italian in his bloodline somewhere, but he has never <laughs> spoken a word in his entire life. Yeah. Um, but it is just so fun and everything about it just hits me right in the nostalgia. So yeah, love it. Nice. Was the McGuire movie? I have a huge crush on Hillary Duff. I always yeah. have. Yeah. 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 I don't That's my it. contribution because I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> So all I can say is, uh, Hillary Duff's in it, so I'm sure it's great. <laughs> uh, well, Aaron, what you got? I have always had a huge crush on Robert Sean Leonard, so let's talk about Much Ado About Nothing. Um, oh. I uh, I love this movie. I I think it, it just it, there's nostalgia to it. it. You know, I think it came out like right around when I graduated from high school. Like I think this was early '90s, '93, somewhere in that range. Um, and just, you know, Denzel, Keanu, Michael Keaton, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, uh, Leonard, Emma Thompson, Kenneth Branagh. And, of course, Kenneth Branagh is doing the Shakespeare thing that he loves so much. <laughs> and, man, I just I love the story. I love the way it's told here. It's so much fun. Almost everybody is nailing their roles here. Keanu is a little out of his element <laughs> at times. Uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 good times. It's good times. Uh, he's trying. He's trying. If you haven't seen yeah. it, high recommend. Oh, bless. Much hey, ado about nothing. So yeah, that's my number five. What do you got at number four, Andrew? 
Uh, number four, this is where I have Spider-Man Far From Home. That's a good choice. I think enough of this movie takes place in Italy for it to count. I agree. No, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think this is a... a okay. I had it in my honorable mentions, so yeah. Me too. Okay. Um, this is one of the unfortunate incidents of reading comics my whole life. I, I knew the Mysterio character, and I knew where <laughs> that was going to go. Yeah. But I could see how that twist, I guess you could say being very surprising for somebody who is not familiar with who he is and what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I love how Spider-Man slash Peter Parker in this wants to be a kid so mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. And you get to see him have his crush on MJ and how, you know, he just, he wants to give her the Black Dahlia necklace and just have like a really cute and adorable, you know, you know, moment with her, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, being inundated by, you know, possibly creatures from other worlds attacking <laughs> all of Europe. Uh, just that, just that little thing. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I love this movie. It's really good. I will say I do think I think that uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is better, but that's not the mm. takeaway. They're both great. How good this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. The Marvel, the the MCU Spider-Man movies are are also good. Um, they're just yeah. doing so great with those. Yeah. Mm. No, I plus what a what a you know you might have known the Mysterio twist, but you probably didn't know the big revealish twist at the end there, like in that post. No, scene. no idea. Right. And Aaron yeah. actually, Aaron and I actually talked about this. How we were talking about how that character, we can we can spoil it, it's, it's but how the Sam Jackson character was acting a little bit off yeah. during the movie, and we were talking like, man, I don't think that Sam Jackson was you know fully <laughs> in on this. And then for that reveal to come, I'm like, oh, it all makes so much he sense. He was, and acting. it makes you. A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you appreciate how good Sam Jackson actually was for mm-hmm. him to be kind of close to that character. You're like, he's kind of Nick Fury, I guess. Is he mm-hmm. phoning it in? And then at yeah. the end, you're like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah. So I, I was speaking yeah. more about the J. Jonah Jameson and the whole like Peter Parker yeah. unmasked oh. thing. Yeah, that part is banana hammocks, yeah. which I'm still going to. I'm bringing that back here, and I'm never going to let that I die. I just don't understand uh, why it means something's crazy. That's all. I just, you know. No, I, something b- bananas is crazy. Something right. banana hammocks is beyond insane. All right. Fair enough. So, I'll, you know, there you go. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So does that mean we're to uh, uh, Alice's number four? Alice's number four, right? What do you got? Okay. I might get trumped, but the two popes? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll trump you on I'm that. I'm trump you. Trump beyond that. Okay. Sorry. Uh, let's see. What you got, My number four is Mission Impossible 3, um, oh. which takes place uh, for a Is this the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman? This is the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. Um, I think the Philip Seymour Hoffman um, uh, scene in the plane may be the best Mission Impossible scene in all the I just think the, the, the their dialogue and the way they talk to each other and his performance in that, it's just... It's so good that it maybe well, even Hoffman. it maybe even <laughs> elevates this movie higher than it should be in my mind, just because I remember that moment and just things like that. But this is where I mean, it's not it's not too uh, exaggerated to say this movie saved the franchise, right? Because MI two mm. was people didn't quite like rough. it as much. It was rough, and um, so for JJ to kind of come in and and deliver something that kind of got the fun and that feel, and now it's just you know it's the best action franchise going. So, um, mm. 
So yeah. I'm trying to see. Uh, was it? It's not Ghost. Pro- oh, 2006. So there was a six six year gap between Mission Impossible two and three. Yeah. So I think a lot of people had just forgotten that franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> well. Yeah. Okay. I say that, but there's also a. Uh, no, there's only a four year gap between the first movie and uh, the second one. So I take yeah. that back. Uh, all right, let's go with number threes. What do you got, Andrew? Number three, uh, what do I have? Okay, uh, this is where I have two popes. Me too. So. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. So Alice had it at number four, and we both had it at number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, this is a movie that all comes down to how good your performances are, you know? Because that's all this movie is. This movie is a two-hour conversation between two characters, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And if you can't buy, A, the chemistry, and two, the believability of what is potentially a historical, a real historical event. I don't know if this is ever confirmed that, you know, this, mm. you know, interaction actually took place between these two popes. Um, but it's fascinating. Oh, it's fascinating. And this is coming from somebody who is, you know, a former Christian. So the religious religious aspect probably doesn't even hit as hard for me as sure. it would for others. Sure. But, you know, there's, if, if not... Uh, religious implications there's even political implications that are still fascinating to you know what is going on because this is something that's never happened before you yeah. know mm. you know a pope has never retired <laughs> right yeah no you're not wrong um yeah i love 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 the love 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 this movie um it is uh the way that it handles the distinction between you know the the classical conservative idea of the church and the idea of being open to a church that uh, changes and evolves and understands its culture and those kind of things. It's just it's a really fascinating conversation. Uh, many, I'm sure, religions have the same conversation, whether it be Christianity, uh, Catholic Christianity, whether it be. Um, you know, uh, any uh, other faith, there is this moment of understanding the things I believe, uh, you know, are are personal to me, um, but they are something mm-hmm. that that everybody's going to have different views on and different opinions on. And the ability to have those conversations is just, man, the way it's handled in this uh, this movie is so beautiful. And there's just there's many examples in this movie of how to have conversations, how to have disagreements. Boy, couldn't we learn, you know, from that? Couldn't that be a positive thing for us all to be able to have conversations and disagreements in the way that these two do? Um, so, yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Also, uh, you have two uh, Welsh actors, one playing in an Austrian and the other playing in Argentinian. An Argentinian, <laughs> so. yeah. 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 No, I uh, I agree with both of you because I'm similar to Andrew in that. So I am proper like Roman Catholic, um, you know, baptized in, in Italy and all of that. But I lapsed and have since lapsed as as has my mum. But and so I have like that distant connection, but I've definitely not that personal connection anymore. Um, and so going in, I will admit I had a bit of prejudice because I was just like, okay, here we go. What's this going to be? Mm-hmm. And it just ended up being a really nice exploration of religion and like a discussion of belief and what it means to believe, like how your belief doesn't cancel out my belief and mm-hmm. vice versa. Right. Um, and, you know, again, what you were saying, Aaron, where it's like the ability to disagree and to have different perspectives, but still be, you know, friends still mm-hmm. be, have the ability to com- 
coalesce and be together. Um, it's just so nice. And then the acting and the dialogue in the script is just like, I can't, I can't even say anything. It's just amazing. So I, I wouldn't have thought that me watching two old men speaking for two hours would have kept me, you know, completely wrapped for that yeah. amount of time. And yet yeah. if, if anything, I was just like, oh, I kind of want to watch it again now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Andrew, Andrew and I, uh, Andrew and I hope that every week we're just like, I just hope they'll watch two old men talking every week and it'll keep their attention. That's just what we hope. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, you, you that's, pretty much what sif pop is that's right that's right <laughs> so. uh okay so alice your number you, three right okay mine's gladiator that's gonna get trumped trump yeah yeah Damn. uh all right let's go major to our, trump let's go to our number twos then since my uh number three was the two popes uh andrew what did you have at number two this is why I have the Godfather. <laughs> I think enough of the Godfather takes place in Italy. I uh, think so. Godfather Two, not so much. Uh, uh, but I think that Godfather. <sighs> I have it in number two, but <laughs> I don't even have it in my top an overrated, five. So, you know, is this an overrated movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have no qualms saying yes. None at all. Godfather is overrated. Yeah. Put it on the internet. Yeah. That's my hot take. Cancel me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, I said it first. We, we, I said we just it first. see a laser start to yeah. sit yeah. on yeah. Harrod's foot. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. And we all we all know I have a little bit of anti-gangster movie bias mm-hmm. in me uh, that comes out. Yeah. So there is that part of it for me as well. I, I'm not saying this is not one of the greatest movies ever made. What I'm saying is that it's kind of elevated itself to a place even above, I think, that you know many people think it is. So, yeah, I think slightly. Mm. Let's just say it's slightly overrated. It's elevated to a point where criticism isn't allowed, I think. Yeah, it kind of feels that way uh, at yeah, times. Yeah, you're not but. allowed to say anything bad about it. Having said that, it's your number two. Brando is amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brando is stellar. Pacino is stellar. Khan is stellar. I mean, the uh, it's a movie that I think elevated what it meant to be a movie. Mm-hmm. I guess is a best way to say it because movies since then the caliber has has been raised, and this is the movie I think that really did it. Mm. Uh, it's. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant movie, and that's why I have it on my number two, but it's one of those movies where I think we need to eventually, and if not now, sometime have a conversation like, is this movie flawed? And I think, yes, it is. It's a flawed movie, mm-hmm. and why am I ragging on it? It's my number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very weird, Andrew. It's very, it's, it's very weird to it's bring weird. it up as your number two in your best ever challenge and be like, is this movie terrible? <laughs> That's just, I'm not saying it's terrible, but we were I having know, that conversation. I but it's, I love this movie. But whenever we talk about this movie, there's something in the back of my mind going, "It's not the best movie ever made." Yeah. Well, for I, some people I, it is. For, for, for some people, yeah, it I was going to say for some people, there's definitely. I feel like this is one of those defaults where it's like when people find out that you're into movies and they ask you what's your mm-hmm. favorite movie, they expect yeah. like this, The Godfather. Citizen Kane. You know, yeah, like yeah, Godfather, right. Citizen Kane, like they expect one of these movies to to fall out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And like I remember watching it and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
it is not on my list. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I think that people feel pressured to love this yeah. movie if they haven't seen it, and then they Maybe watch yeah. it. They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Not that's not to say that people who watch it for the there first are time are many, blown away many, by it. many, many, many people who genuinely, with all of their heart, think this is the best yeah. movie ever made. Like that is not, yeah, yeah. And and you're probably right. There are some that feel the pressure to put it in their, you know. Best movies, even mm. though maybe they that might be true, but that can be said for mm. a lot of movies. That can be said for yeah. my favorite movie of all time. Singing in the Rain is one of those movies that you know every. We're going to be talking about it. <laughs> one of those movies, not the best ever challenge, obviously. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, hey, Godfather is in my top hundred movies of all time. So, right. so there you go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I get. I get what it's you're saying. It's just at the back end. I get what you're saying. <laughs> It was just a weird. It was just a weird little thing. It was just like, yeah. yeah. Hey, let's yeah. talk about the best ever movies. Uh, is this movie <laughs> overrated, guys? Guys, yeah. yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Uh, That's what right. I do. I ruin best ever challenges. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's what I get paid the big bucks to do. Uh, what is your number two, Alice? Roman Holiday. Oh, nice. It's a good choice. I had it in my honorable mentions. Okay. Good. Um, I'm, I'm glad I finally get to talk about my movie and it's, <laughs> it's rank again. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge Audrey Hepburn stan. Like, mm-hmm. I have watched all of her movies. She's just one of the most stunning and talented people ever to have existed. Plus, then she, like, spent the rest of her life, you know, being, re- like, an amazing good person and, like, working for charity and stuff. But besides mm-hmm. all that, this is Roman Holiday. It won her the Oscar. And it is... Just so nice. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to watch a movie that's nice. It's got really, like, beautiful costumes, stunning settings, and the story is just a nice romance, but it's, like, elevated because everything about it is such good quality. You know, Gregory Peck's on his form, Audrey Hepburn's on his form, and just... It, yeah, I just enjoy it every time I watch it. It just brings me right back to... I mean, not that I lived in this era, but I feel like I've brought back to this era. Right. Um, and yeah, I just... Every time I have such a good time, so... Very nice. Yeah. Roman Holiday uh, at number two. Got a question. Sure. Mm-hmm. You said that you're an Audrey Hepburn stan. Did you yeah. mean fan or is stan like the Eminem you know, <laughs> song stan where you're such a fan that you're... Ha- yeah, have you guys not heard of the term? I, I've heard of Stan. Have you n- have never heard somebody stand something? I have now. <laughs> it's a thing. It, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. How it long comes, has it yeah, actually come? How, yeah. how long has that song been out and I haven't ever heard that? It, yeah, it's a, it's a recent thing, but it is based on the Eminem song, and it's basically like, you're not just a fan. It's like an yeah. elevated yeah. version of a fan. Like, I, stand, okay. I stand them. I stand yeah. them. Yeah, I stand that yeah. person. Yeah. I get it. I like it. I'm going to use it. There you go. It's in my vocab now. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're on to my number two, and uh, I stand Matt Damon. Um, (laughs) So I've got uh, talented Mr. Ripley uh, at my number two. It's in my honorable mentions. Um, I've never seen it. You should. You should. You should. It's really, really good. Um, It's it's just. It's it's, like on my list. It's full of just this beautiful tension and suspense, and uh, the performances are really. I actually don't know that I've seen Damon give a performance like this before or after. It's a very different performance for him, but he really, really nails it. Um, And of course, you got Jude Law in there, and it's just yeah, it's it's really great. So. Jude Law is the best part of this movie for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And speaking of Philip Seymour Hoffman, 
uh, making uh, oh, yeah. two, two of my... It has been mm-hmm. a hot minute since mm-hmm. I've seen this movie. I think I saw when Tommy, it came out. Tommy, 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 Tommy. How's the peepin'? Tommy, 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 Tommy. Oh, is that, is that the movie that line's from? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. That's Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> saying that line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Blew my mind. There you go. Uh, let's see. So now we're to our number ones. Um, I yep. think we know Andrew and I's number one, but go ahead and say yep. it, Andrew. Gladiator. There it is. It's a goat movie. It's one of the goats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this. <laughs> out of all of the uh, sword and sandal movies that I could think of, uh, including some that are in my uh, honorable mention, I think that this stands head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is one of the greatest villains ever in this movie. Um, uh, the score in this movie is gorgeous. Mm. Uh, the song Now We're Free is like such a beautiful song. Uh, yeah, this movie is beyond brilliant. It's a spectacle. That's what this movie is. It's a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's really powerful too. You know what you do today echoes in eternity. There's this real beautiful uh, you know message about the importance of our life, um, even though we are not eternal. Um, that the things we do can be eternal, and the way we treat people can echo through generations and generations and generations. And um, yeah, I, I really love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. We both had it at number one. Alice, you had it at number three. Three. Yeah, number yeah. three. So yeah, say some yeah. things. Oh, I will. Um, Like, having it at number three doesn't bring it down or anything like that. Like, the movie is just... It it has such an important role in the social consciousness of film. And, again, the quotes that came out of this, you know, that, like, are you not entertained? And, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, the the music and and the scenes. It's just a a film where I always know I'm going to have a good time. And I'm going to see something new from it. But also it's it's just really interesting, you know, because you had the character that or the actor that died halfway through filming and they had to superimpose him in. And considering that this is like a 2000s film, mm-hmm. pretty good. Like it holds up pretty well. Um, so everything about it is just really nice. It's very different. And it's probably Russell Crowe at his best still yeah. to this day, in my opinion. So... Yeah, well, I mean, it was back-to-back years. He did this, and then he did A Beautiful Mind. And I'm like, mm. what is this guy even doing? He shouldn't be able to make two movies in a, year, two movies in a row that are this good. Yeah, so. exactly. And the underappreciated Master and Commander Far Side of the World. I want to throw that one out I love that movie. Well. I really do. Um, yeah, I think it's Russell Crowe just being his Crowiest, and uh, I think what Al- Alice uh, Alice means to say is she has this at number three, but is it overrated? I think is what she was wanting to say. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those movies where people really feel pressured into liking. Uh, so, all right, uh, those that's it. our number one. What is your number one, Alice? This might be a little controversial, Ooh, but my number one is Angels and Demons. Oh. I love this film. Wow. So Good for you. I would have never <laughs> have seen this coming. I cannot wait. Please tell us about the amazingness that is A&D. 
Okay, so I am always a fan of any sort of like code breaking, you know, conspiracy okay. film. Okay. I enjoyed Da Vinci Code, but this is just so much better. Tom Hanks is so good. And then they're running around, you know, the um, Vatican City and trying to solve everything before they run out of time. But Ewan McGregor is so good in this movie. Like he steals the movie. And I feel like it's been enough years that I can spoil it. Um, you know, the the I, I'm sure maybe some people saw it coming, but when first time I saw it, I did not see him being the villain coming. Mm-hmm. And then there's the scene where he, you know, kills himself and it's just so affecting to me. I remember it was in my brain. It was ironically seared into my brain and I couldn't stop thinking about it because it's so dramatic and just, oh, it's so heart pumping and adrenaline rushing. And it I don't know why it just hits me in exactly the right spot. Every time I'm just like, oh, it's so thrilling. What's going to happen? Oh, it's the Illuminati, but it's not the Illuminati. Nice. Like, yeah, I just, I love it so much. And I know that many people consider it to not be a good film, but I just, <laughs> oh, I just can't. I, I don't know why. It just hits me right. You get a very. Was uh, this the second or the third movie? It's the second, second, right? Second, yeah. 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 Uh, Vision's in this, right? Paul Bettany, like doing the. No, he's, no, in, the he's in the first one. one. He's in the first one. Okay. Yeah. He, All right. That was the first time he's I like saw Paul Bettany. Smacking and himself like, on the back with whips. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, no, he's he's in the first one. Okay. This one's got Ewan McGregor. It's got Stellan Skarsgård, um, and then Tom Hanks, uh, obviously as well. The thing I really remember about this was Ewan McGregor parachuting back into the yeah. Vatican. That's the scene I remember the most about this movie. I mean, the whole thing's ludicrous. It's about antimatter and like the God particle and like yeah. the Illuminati and stuff. But I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I'm I'm just along for the ride. I'm having a good time. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with having. I wouldn't even call this a guilty pleasure, but like a love for code breaking movies. I think they love. are so fun. You love, yeah, what because. You love. You're able to immerse yourself and try and break the secret or the code or whatever yeah. it is mm-hmm. before, you know, Nick Cage or Tom Hanks or whoever is trying to steal yeah. the Declaration of Independence, you know? Right. Yeah. I think exactly. I'm mixing up my movies out of my You not might sure. be. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Well, there you okay. go. There's our five to number, uh, number five to number one. Uh, let's talk about some honorable mentions. Um, yeah. Why don't you list them off for us, Alice, uh, mm-hmm. if you have any? Yeah, I have plenty. Um, I will say these are mostly my honorable mentions as well because I didn't know if they qualified within the whole has to be mostly set in Italy sort of thing. But just to list some off, I've got Aquaman. um, Had a good time. Enjoyed it. Captain America, the first Avenger, has some moments in Italy apparently. And I was like, cool, I like that movie. Um, The English Patient. Like I didn't – I remember watching it a million years ago and not hating it. So, you know, honorable enough. I love The English Patient. That makes one of us. <laughs> is oh I love yeah. I love that movie but yeah. I'm trying to remember what parts of it takes place maybe some flashbacks take place I think in Italy, so yeah there's just some flashbacks not yes. um, yeah. for, Ford yeah. versus Ferrari I really really love this movie but I didn't know if it, enough of it oh, yeah. took part in Italy to qualify every single time they go and visit Enzo it's in Italy. Yeah, yeah, I thought I about like, I thought about it and decided against it. Um, I love that movie. Mm. Love, love, love mm. that movie. Um, Me but too. yeah, it just didn't feel like quite enough of it took place in Italy. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Kingsman Two: The Golden Circle that has a scene in Italy. <laughs> so um, Pinocchio, the OG Disney one. Yeah, I had that one in my honorable oh, mentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good that's call. In, 
one of the most old, like proper Italian led, uh, fables, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Casino Royale, because there is the moment in Venice, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously. I was gonna port, say, I thought Monaco Venice. was in. It's not in Italy, so. But that's um, where, like. Yeah. No, no, they're in yeah. um, Italy when he's like recovering, and that's where like Eva Green oh, dies. Okay. And, yeah, because yeah. they're in the canal and all that. Um, Tenet. Um, love that movie. <laughs> Again, this is a bit of a guilty pleasure. Twilight Saga, New Moon. That's just <laughs> nice. I'm a hey. I'm a girl who was a teenager when they came out. Sure. Like I hey, you do you. Back. Yeah, man. Yeah. No judgment I, no here. Shame. I had a small obsession with Taylor Lautner. Look, it's it, no shame. We don't need to talk about it. Um, and then my final movie is The Wolf of Wall Street because there is a, a scene or two where they're in Italy. Okay. And I really love that movie. And then I have a TV show that I thought would be worth mentioning. Um, which is Medici Masters of Florence. Uh, it's three seasons. The first season has Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. Uh, the second season ha- oh, has um, Sean Bean in it as well. And it's basically the Medici family are the family that kind of are the reason for the Renaissance. They were a really, really rich family that sponsored artists like Da Vinci and Michelangelo and Botticelli oh. and like helped um, bring art. And they're the reason the Duomo exists in Florence. And it's just basically about their, you know, the how they grew to power and how they achieved all these amazing things. And it's just a really nice show. So can recommend if you're in the mood for that sort of thing. You mentioned art. Uh, I'll go ahead and add this Mm -hmm. to my honorable mentions. Uh, Mm -hmm. Agony and the Ecstasy uh, takes place in Italy as well. And this is uh, Charlton Mm. Charlton Heston uh, playing Leonardo da Vinci. Um, And... Mm. um, Right, Da Vinci did the Sistine Chapel, right? Am I thinking? Oh uh, no, that was Michelangelo. Sorry, Michelangelo. That's who he's playing. <laughs> Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel. But anyways, it's yeah. about the process of uh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, as you prefer. Uh, painting, <laughs> well, you brought painting, up Charlton Heston. Yeah, yeah. So. And one of the most famous Italian movies of all time is Ben Hur. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, going from there, you have to mention Spartacus. Spartacus, got to mm. talk about Spartacus. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So those were my two uh, honorable mentions, actually. Spartacus and Ben-Hur. The, uh, Ben-Hur is insane. That is an insane yeah, movie. It really is. We talked a long time about how, um, a long time ago about like movies with like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were the stunts that they were pulling off in those older movies. They would never get away with today with how dangerous they are. Yeah. Like they literally blew up a train car in Butch Cassidy, and here they literally have people crashing in chariots in Ben Hur. They're like, Mm -hmm. "What are you even doing? Why are (laughs) Why are you allowing your life to be put on the line for this?" They're just like, "Eh, "Why not?" Yeah, there's a there's a there's a stunt man that falls off in front of like all the chariots and gets trampled. He he like has to like you know. Uh, get through all the horses and wheels and all that stuff, and yeah, it's it's legit. Uh, so you mentioned Spartacus, Man from Uncle. Uh, really enjoy the Man from Uncle. Uh, the Italian Job. It's got Italy right in the title. Uh, the 2003 version. I like very, both very of them good. actually. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. Only you. Do you remember Only You? This is a guilty pleasure. Of mine. you know, I think it's a decent movie. It's Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. Who's in it? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei, I believe, uh, set in Italy, and it's basically a romantic comedy, um, but oh, it's a lot of I've fun. I've never seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. Only You is the name of that. And then Life is Beautiful. I uh, wanted to mention uh, that yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah. I have, haven't seen it yet because I know it's going to make me cry. Yes, and laugh. <laughs> and laugh and yeah. cry in that one. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you oh, go. Yeah, actually, I got halfway. Th- actually, oh, fun little fun little uh, thing. My mum was friends with Roberto Benigni when she lived in oh, nice. Italy. Yeah, they used to have dinner together all the time. And she told me that like five years ago. And I was like, why was I not privy to this knowledge all the time? <laughs> he had this bad habit at restaurants of climbing up onto the chairs. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's that, that, that Roberto, what a scamp. I got halfway through Life is Beautiful. And then I realized I'm not in, I'm not in the proper headspace to truly appreciate this movie. Sure, Because sure. it's not a movie you can just plug and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to our buried treasure uh, for the week. Uh, I will kick us off and uh, get mine out of the way so we can focus on you guys. Uh, I'm going to talk about Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Uh, finally got a I chance to see movie. this one. I, I did too. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, that should not be a surprise. Uh, it is certainly a classic, and many people have talked uh, about it. Uh, Sidney Poitier is amazing. Um as is uh, Hepburn, and but the person that kind of floored me was Spencer Tracy. And Spencer Tracy, they're they're they're. I mean, they're all great. They really are all great. Um, but Spencer Tracy in this movie, even beyond the final speech, which is just so good and so beautiful, um, even beyond that, the way he is wrestling. What I loved about it was um, both him and Catherine Hepburn do a really good job mm-hmm. at this. Is they're wrestling in a way that is so honestly um, positive, and yet they still are are recognizing their own biases, their own you know um, internal uh, thoughts. Um, I just this movie. I it's it's hard to believe this movie happened. You know, took place over fifty years ago um, mm. because it just it feels so fresh. Now is. Is everything um, holding up? Probably not. There are still some even attitudes under the surface here that that we've come to see better now and to understand more now that are that are still happening. But yeah, for the most part, this movie is, handles things really well. One of the most interesting conversations uh, in the movie and having outside of the movie is that conversation that we continue to have today about uh, racism, racial injustice, racial biases, systematic racism, all that kind of thing is the idea of what it means to be colorblind versus what it means to see the importance of color, see heritage, like, you know, like all of those kind of things. Um, and this this movie seems very much to lean towards colorblind because that was, you know, that, honestly, we would all say that is actually the goal, right? The goal is that it just mm. doesn't matter, but you can't pretend to be colorblind when it obviously does matter, you know? Like, and that's that's the the wrestling that's, that's going on and, I don't know. I just I found it really beautiful and was really um, really glad I took the time to uh, catch up on this. So yeah, it felt very much like a Billy Wilder movie when I first watched it. Yeah, because of how timeless it is. You know, sure. It yeah, and like you said, performances. I love Sidney Poitier. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was interesting. I watched. Um, oh, what was the other movie that that he did right around that time that he's uh, well known for? Uh, to Sir with to Love. To Sir with Love. In the Heat of the Night? No, it was To Sir with oh. Love. Um, so I watched oh. To Sir with Love before I watched Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and Sydney's great in that, like really great in that as well, but nobody else is. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the rest of that movie kind of falls apart around him in many ways. Um, so it was really great to see him in this and to be backed up by other great performances and mm. just to kind of see it clicking in this way, so... Um, yeah. So yeah, 
There you go. But did you see the follow-up, the 2005 Guess Who with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac? No, no, I, no, I, I can't say that I did. I can't say that if I did that I remember that. Uh, so, so my apologies. All right, Andrew, I'm really excited. Uh, go ahead, tell us what you did. <laughs> You've already thrown it up. I it's love it. There. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. So, Let's talk. Yeah. Okay. I I got to give backstory. Okay. Uh, on this, so. For those of you who don't know, like we said last week, Aaron and I had not seen each other's favorite number one movie of all time. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't seen Singing in the Rain, and he hadn't seen The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yes. I planned on sending Phil a message saying whenever Aaron does The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly for his buried treasure, because I knew he would, let me know, because I had already seen Singing in the Rain. Um, Uh. I forgot to send the message, and Aaron <laughs> pulled a fast one on me, so I'm one week behind. But going in now, I was probably more zero frame pledge on this movie than any movie I'd seen. Okay. I Going into this, I knew I'm singing in the rain, singing in the rain, what a glorious feeling, I'm happy again. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only lyrics and the only thing I knew about this movie. Okay. So... I had no idea going into this movie what I was going to get. And I got to tell you right now, what I got was not what I expected. Okay. I love this movie. <laughs> it's so I great. beyond adore this movie. <laughs> I mean, Gene Kelly is, he's one of the most charismatic and lovable guys. Why had I not seen this movie earlier? Yeah. His his smile, his charm, his charisma is so intoxicating. You mm-hmm. just want to know and just hang out with this guy forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is so good. The the dance choreography in this movie is out of this it's world. Insane. It's insane. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the the actual. I knew my alarm was going to go if I tried to stop before it did. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, actually, I think Donald O'Connor is probably my favorite person in this yes. movie. Yeah. He's just so lovable, so talented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron, you would know the name of the song, but make, it's make something like suppose no oh, make him laugh was hilarious moses supposes, supposes his toes moses roses. yeah 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 that might be my favorite song in the entire movie that dance routine um, is my i think my favorite dance in the entire movie is the moses supposes dance the the the, the, the tap yeah. breakdown they do together in that is mm-hmm. so good and so yeah. technically astounding and they're so in sync i just that yeah that scene blows me away both of them especially uh gene kelly they make that look so effortless, you know, because on the surface, like if you look up top there, you know, they're just doing like this, you mm-hmm. know, just swaying back and forth, but their feet are going river dance on me. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't keep up with how you're doing this. Uh, I, I, yeah, this is probably, I don't know if it'll crack my top hundred movies of all time, but it, the more I sit on it, the more and more I love this movie. Yeah. It's so good. There's only yeah. one scene in this movie that I really Kind of was like, ah, I could have done without it. And it was the, uh, the I guess you could say the uh, the imagination of what a, a future scene would have looked like. And it's like this rundown of him dancing with this woman. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, there was a scene that was like one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie where she has this like 50 foot long mm-hmm. dress tail yeah. that is mm-hmm. going in the wind. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of like the movie. I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you now, like it. It's a lot of fun. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who feel pressured into saying that this is their favorite movie <laughs> of all time, you know? And but I get is it, it you know? Is it overrated? Is it overrated? That's the real question. That's no, a conversation we need to have. Isn't. No, it's not I, overrated I will at all. Say Aaron, it's not. <laughs> Aaron, I fully understand why this is your favorite movie of all time. Thank you. I totally get it. And, and, and this said, is coming from somebody who is not a fan of musicals. I should say that. Just like you last week were saying you're not a fan of westerns. Yeah, mm. and I totally understand why Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is your number one. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, you didn't mention Debbie Reynolds. I have to just shout out every time I talk about this movie, the fact that she's 18 when she made this movie, and she is holding her own with Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor. It is insane. Oh, yeah. that, that good morning routine, the three of them, is just mm-hmm. pure magic. Good morning. Um, good so morning. It's great. Uh, Alice, Gene, is it, ha, ha, is it Gene oh. Hagen or Hagen? Uh, ha- Hagen, I, I think? I don't remember. Um, She's so funny. Yeah. I love her character in this, that uh, that Marilyn Monroe-esque, mm-hmm. so deep valley mm-hmm. accent that she's pulling off. It's great. Yeah, yeah I love this movie. Yep. Uh, Alice, you enjoy this as well? Uh, I So I think this was like the first old movie I ever mm-hmm. watched, um, but mm-hmm. it uh, I love it so much. Like, as you were saying all the songs, I was just singing them in my head. Um, and just so much, it's just a delightful film. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a delight to watch all, all the way through, whether it's, you know, the, the sadder songs or the happier songs and the love story is beautiful. And, and I love movies about movies. So you've got me there. Yeah. You know, I yeah. love, I'm a musical fan. Um, this, this is going to sound again, controversial. I don't like La La Land, but I really like this one. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just going to drop that in and we'll park that and come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like no, how I, Aaron looked like he had a little like minor aneurysm there for a second. I've recovered. I've recovered. I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay. It's all uh, right. But I, this is one of my favorite movies of all time and it's just perfect. Uh, everything about it. I just love it so much. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Seven. Aaron likes it. 70 uh next year it'll be 70 years old 70 wow. years old and it's it just holds up wow. so well it's incredible how well it holds up it's just pure joy mm-hmm. pure magic um yeah it's so fun when film can capture something like that that just pure emotion there there are certain movies where after you watch it you're mad at yourself for like <laughs> why hadn't i seen this earlier <laughs> yeah. i could have had you know so many decades where i could have known and appreciated this movie sure. and yeah. this is one of those i was after i watched it one of the emotions i was thinking was why hadn't i seen this movie i love it <laughs> so uh all right alice what do you got what's your uh, buried treasure for the week all right i have an anime um it is called mm. bofuri also known as i don't want to get hurt so i'll max out my defense <laughs> um it is basically I already love it I already love yeah. it don't you love those random anime titles that are like yes. eight to ten words long? Um, but Bofuri for shortened. Um, so right now, if you want to watch it, it's on Hulu and also Funimation in the US. Um, but basically what it is, uh, my partner recently signed up for Funimation here, like at the subscription service. And because yep. we're both working from home at the moment, we're like, why don't we just pick an anime and we'll watch an episode every lunchtime sort of thing. And we, you know, he'd heard this one was pretty good. And we were like, yeah, all right, let's let's watch it. And we both 
fell in love with it. We just ended up watching the whole thing within a few days. Um, it basically takes place. It's it's called a, an izakai, I think is the type of anime it is, which is basically an anime where people get transported into a virtual world. Um, and it, mm. it follows this girl whose uh, friend basically is like, oh, you need to sign up. There's this new VR game that's come out. We really need to play it, like sign up. And so this girl like gets, is, isn't really a gamer and she like signs up and as she starts playing the game, she accidentally herself into being the most invincible character in the entire game. Because <laughs> as it says in the title, like they basically can assign their stats where, like where they want for their character. And she puts them all in de- every single stat into defense. So even at the beginning, nothing can hurt her. And so she, then what happens is she keeps like doing things that are completely against what a traditional uh, gamer would do. And then mm-hmm. she just becomes more powerful. So for example, example in the first episode she's fighting a boss and she doesn't have like any attack she doesn't have any she only has defense so she's not getting hurt um but what happens is she doesn't have anything to attack the the boss with and so she's like well i guess i could eat it it's not like this is real so she just starts eating it and defeats the boss and then she ends up gaining this like huge power that allows her to use its like skills in battle And so it's just, and what it is, it's just so funny because every episode she just keeps gaining more skills and more invulnerability and becoming just this like God tier character. And then there's all these gamers around who who, who are just like, oh, oh, you're even more powerful now. Oh, great. But she's like not a gamer at all. So she's just like, oh, I don't know. I went on this journey and and now I can fly. (laughs) And it's always just like, oh, okay. Yep, cool, very cool. And it's just so wholesome. You need to. It's only, I think, 12 episodes because season one's only just dropped. Um, Mm. It's just so nice. Like, every now and again, you just want to watch something that's nice and wholesome and just about people who are in this game having a good time. And then this girl who's accidentally herself into being one of the greatest players of all time. Um, And it's really great because there's these bits where you have the admins of the game who are constantly like, why does she keep doing this? How do we defeat her? <laughs> and then just getting so frustrated because she keeps doing so well and like basically cheating the game accidentally. Um, but it's just, it's really great. I really recommend it. It's got some really great moments, really fantastic characters. And again, it's only 12 episodes. So 12 episodes, 20 something minutes each. You can smash through that pretty quickly. Nice. nice. Well, there you go. That is Furry on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to watch it there, Singing in the Rain is on HBO Max. Uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is available via rent on all the services uh, if you want to rent that one. Well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Woo! We yeah, we did. Set out to make it happen, and we accomplished our goals. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations to all. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil, producer Phil, for producing the audio show this week. Thank you, Phil. Thanks to Drew for providing the art for the video show this week. Big claps. And thank you again to Alice for coming by once again. Uh, Alice, what do you want to promote? Where do you want to send people? What do you want to tell people about? Um, well, once again, I have my Instagram or letterbox has the same um, username, which is Ali G Mick. Um, obviously, I'm also one of the writers for sifpop.com. So every now and again, I'll drop articles. I recently dropped my review for the new Netflix show Sweet Tooth. 
So head on over there to check that out. Um, and then again, my friends and I are going through all of Disney at the moment, but we're right now we're up to, um, we're doing the MCU and we're up to Captain, no, Avengers Age of Ultron, I believe. Um, or Captain America Winter Soldier. No, we're up to Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh gosh, there's too many movies. Um, and so we'll be doing that next. And you can find that on Instagram at once.upon.a.marathon. Yeah. Is this your first time going through the MCU? So what happened was, um, basically, just to give you some context, uh, Andrew, we were watching every single Disney movie that's ever been made, and we made it halfway mm. through the 60s when we realized that one of our trio hadn't seen any of the MCU. And we were just ah. like, no, that's not all right. We're not waiting until we're like <laughs> 80 illegal. and we finally reach the, the MCU movies. Um, so we're just like, we're going to pause that, and now we're going to make you watch all of the MCU and then we'll go back to doing those. So we're just taking a pause because we always want to talk about it and she has no idea what's going on, um, mm. especially with the TV shows and everything. So that's why we're doing that at the moment. And it's really fun. It's so great watching someone who's never seen the MCU react to things. And like, for example, in Avengers, she got really upset of, over Coulson's death. And we're like, oh, honey, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, our sweet, sweet There's summer Marvel There's a show child. for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, very yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, make sure you check all that stuff out. And thank you to our Sif Pop members for supporting us. Yes. Uh, support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to uh, bonus episodes at the five dollar a month level, and then you can check out the other levels to see uh, the fun stuff there, including a monthly video hangout. Uh, all the information is at Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Sif Pop. Uh, if you want to connect with us, feel free to leave a comment or a rating or a review at uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com if you have a question or a comment. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than finding a cooler way to travel than a Vespa. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week Can't with F9 and the Ice Road, so we will see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.